Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest Royal Blue podcast. It's uh, International Week, so in absence of any games to talk about, we've got in a very special guest. We've brought Alan Myers, the man very well known to Blues as Communications Director at Goodison Park. Uh, prior to that, of course, he will have uh, anyone who watched Sky News for a good 10-year period, maybe even longer, will have seen Alan. Some of the biggest scoops and interviews during that period. And as well, worked even before that again at Goodison Park. Lifelong blue and uh, all-round top egg. Joined as well by Tony Scott, Phil Kirkbride and me, Greg O'Keefe. But um, we're not going to bore you too much with our inane prattling this week because obviously, I'm sure, like ourselves, we want to know from Alan's point of view... Um, How's life and um, what you're up to at the moment? Well, as you may know, I've just left uh, Blackburn Rovers after a couple of interesting years there, um, and uh, which we won't go into at the moment. But um, I'm back doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of Sky Sports news yeah. again, back where I was before, because I was there for 12 years, enjoyed it more than anything, and um, probably would never have left there except that yeah. Everton came back, you know, for me, which. You know, I think I said it at the time. I never forget the the call. I was on a beach in Dubai, and and uh, Bill Kenwright rang me and said, "Do you want to come home?" And I thought my house had been burgled, <laughs> and uh, he meant go back to Everton. Yeah. And it was it was the best call I ever had. I think you know, but um, but no, back to to do the media. I think I've missed the media. To be honest, I missed being able to go and explore stories and see what really is happening, as opposed to being the other side of it. You know. I just wanted to uh, before we get into. The period most recently, that seven months, probably a very vivid and memorable seven months for all of us, really, when you were Everton's communication director. It, you know, a lot of Blues won't realise that you actually worked at the club before that period as well, didn't you? It's almost set up the, the modern-day kind of press officer. Yeah, well, I, I was actually the first ever named press officer for a Premier League club. Right. There was no such thing as a press officer at the time. It was always someone who did the job, yeah. but never actually yeah. was named. It, you know, so so uh, at the time it was Peter Johnson was in charge, and and I was on Radio Merseyside at the time doing morning sport, and and him and Cliff Finch at the time, you know, asked me to go, and and I, and I really enjoyed my time then. But it was it was an amazing time. I mean, six years of. You know, I had Gaza, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, which took up most of it, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, um, it was a, it was a, it was a great time. It was a difficult time because, well, football was different for a start back in the in the nineties, but also um, Everton was very different as well. And uh, it was a difficult time. You know, we never had yeah. a lot of success. Um, you know, we had Walter Smith, uh, who, who we had some good times, but it, you know, predominantly it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, Howard. Um, the year that Howard, you know, we nearly went down, uh, the famous yeah. game against Coventry, you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was. I mean, some of the stories I remember, you know, sadly, you know, Howard, who was a, a, a great man, and you know, someone I had a lot of time for, you know, um, just remembering just a few weeks ago about actually some of the times we had with Howard, and one in particular was on that Coventry game when I used to do everything. I used to do the radio, the uh, the program, the internet, uh, as it was called then. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, do the internet. Club call, <laughs> yeah. that, that was what it was, you know. And club call. You anyone yeah, remembers yeah, club call? Yeah, call teletext. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and, and this one day I was doing the actual. Also did the the, the microphone on the pitch, you know. You know, <laughs> and I, I came out. And I was reading the teams out for that game, and I saw Howard just out the corner of my eye, screaming at me telling me to come here, you see. And I'm halfway through, you know, number eight, you know, and halfway through the teams. And if ever you look back on the tape on that, you'll know that the Coventry team only got to something like number four, and it stopped because Howard was calling me down to the front. I said, what does he want? So I just put the microphone down. It was 
bedlam that day, you know, as you can imagine, because we were pretty much going gone, down, yeah, yeah, you know. We and and I, I walked down to the front, to the dugout, and I said, what's up, Howard? And he said to me, look at the pitch, look at the pitch. And I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I'm reading the teams out. So he said, look at the size of the grass, look at the length of the grass. I said, I said Howard, I don't drive the tractor, you know. I do everything else, but I don't drive the tractor. And he said, I just want you to know now. I'm not happy with the length of the grass. I said, okay, that's fine. I went back and finished the team off for Coventry City. <laughs> Cards, but it was just, you know, amazing time. And and then of course I left um uh, you know to join Sky and yeah. uh, well not to join Sky, I left for other reasons at yeah. the time and um and then the rest, as I say, happened. Still see much of Gaza or hear much from Gaza? You, I do. you became firm friends, didn't you? Yeah, we still mates and, and you know it's very, very sad um when I look at what happens with Paul, but but believe me, I've been to Helen back with Paul, you know, in different things. Um, a few years ago, we did something with him, which um, was, you know, we we had to do something. He was in a, in a clinic in America and yeah. very nearly died. And, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, and we put a, a tape together with, for everyone in football to talk to him and every, all his friends and family, and it, and it helped him. But um, sadly, you know, uh, we all know where Paul is. Yeah, and, you know, but he is probably one of the funniest, um, most... Complex, interesting, generous, wonderful people I ever met. You know, and uh, he gave me sometimes. You know, in um, at Everton, which we'd be here till tomorrow if we talked about it. But <laughs> some of the, you know, he brought a parrot into the training ground one day. You know, and um, you know, Walter, I'd just walk in. Walter said, "Go and get the parrot out and take it out." And I said, "Sorry, you know, he said, there's a parrot in the dressing room." You know, um, and then there's just one moment which I think is interesting with Gaza when he played at Everton. We played Newcastle away, and we won one nil. And I don't think we'd won there for some time. And uh, at the end of the, the end of the, the game, we, uh, Gaza helped. He, he did this little pass, this little like flick. As part of the goal, Kevin Campbell scored the goal. Gary Naismith up the left-hand side, yeah, you know, goal, and it was a great, you know, and it was a great win. We won one nil. And after the game, we waited there, and Archie Knox was on the bus. And I went down to the bus, and was, if you know St James's Park, it's the end of the steps, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, part yeah. Of the bus. So Archie says, "Go and get that gaffer," you know. So I said, well, "Where is he?" So he says, "He's in the dressing room. Go and get it. Tell him we'll wait," you know. So I said, "Okay." So I thought maybe he'd have a drink with the manager at the yeah. time or whatever. So I go upstairs and I walk into our dressing room, and there's. Walter standing there, and I said, Walter, the bus, well, well, you know, bus is waiting. He says, I am, I'm just waiting for him, Al. So I said, who? So he said, him. So I walk in the back of the dressing room, and they, they have the physio table, you know, where they give massages and all that. And there's Paul Gascoigne in floods of tears, literally crying his eyes out, you know. And I thought, what's going on here, you know? I said, what's up? You know, what's up, Paul? And he says, I'm just delighted that we've won Myers. You know, because he always called me mine. He said, "I just, it just overwhelms me when we win." You know, and he was literally a wreck. You know, and I said, "Are you all right?" And he says, ah, yeah, I'll be all right in a minute. Just give me a minute." You know, so I said, "Okay." So I come out and I looked at Walter, and he just said, it's "Every time, every time we win." Really? Yeah. And I just thought, and it was genuine. You know, it was genuine yeah. emotion of winning a football game, and I felt so privileged to see it. You know, and to see that, and and that. You know, when people say what's the difference between a, a professional footballer and you and I, you know, who play the game, you know, amateur-wise, I don't now, but you know <laughs> what I mean. But but that was the difference: is that it, every ounce of his body and his his, yeah. his mind was was yeah. about winning a football match, you know. Yeah. And two seconds later, he come out the back. You would never believe he'd had a, a tear in his eye, you know. 
Walter walked on, we got on the bus and we drove home and ten minutes later he was drinking somebody else's coffee, you know, after they brought it out, you know, and, and he was back to being the, yeah. the Joker, you know. Yeah. And but for that moment and I, as an Evertonian, I'll never forget feeling the uh, the pride, you know, that we had someone in our team like that, you know. And it didn't, it wasn't the best time of his career. I don't no, think everyone no. can admit yes, that, you know. Yeah, and but but to just have that in the dressing room, I think was was special. And there was so many moments. But like when that. people say to you, I don't know, and we've all maybe heard it from different people, football means everything to me. That literally is it. Yeah, isn't it? it oh, with Paul, it. it, it you know, it, it was not. There was nothing else. That's yeah. why he's got the problems yes. he's got. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I've sat with him. You know, um, you know. I went after he he actually signed himself out of the Arizona clinic, which he shouldn't have done. Yeah. You know, he, he came home far too early. And I went to Bournemouth to see him, and uh, I sat in this garden, and uh, and he booked the hotel rooms for me because he got a discount. You know, <laughs> and uh, I'm not so sure I can tell this story, but I'll tell it anyway. <laughs> have to cut it out. So I um, I. Um, we, we, we talked about it and, and, and we had our little moment there, you know, because obviously he was still not great. Yeah. And yeah. then um, just as you think, you know, this guy, when's he going to get into life together, you know? And just as you get that, I walk out. Uh, he gets in a taxi, which was bizarre, you know, for Paul Gascoigne to get in a taxi to go and do some shopping, you know. And uh, I went to the reception to pay for my two rooms, one for the cameraman, one for me. And I said, oh, I just want to pay for room 553. She said, oh, yes, uh, Mike Hunt. You know, and I said, yeah, you know. I said, yeah, that's the name, yeah. And I, and I, and I, you know, like, he'd gone in a taxi and he just thought, he's done me again. You know? And like, like I said, I don't know whether you can leave that on, but, but yeah, that, that's, that's the man. He's I think that's just right. genius. But in know. that Gazzari, you know, there was lots of strong characters in that team. Yeah, you know, uh, there was. Ferguson, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, David Weir... You know, um, you can literally go through them all. Yeah. Kevin Campbell was yeah, brilliant, yeah. you know. Um, and it was at Slavin Village, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it, it was a great time. You just wish we could have been a bit more successful at that point, yeah. you know, because, you know, because I go back to, you know, as a fan of the Bob Latchford era and, uh, and Gordon Lee and Billy Bingham. And, and I remember thinking there, you know, we just needed, and you speak to Bob Latchford, he'll tell you, you just need one or maybe two more players and we would have had a, a decent team there, you know. But even though, thinking about it, you probably didn't think that, you know. But um, but that team was, was an interesting time, you know. They had some, as you say, some real strong characters, yeah, you know. They, 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 were, they were unbelievable. What was Walter Smith like? As Walter a... was great. Walter and Archie were fantastic. They frightened the life out of him. I used to call them the brothers. There was a documentary used to be on uh, with... Um, David Attenborough, I think it was, and he, and he talked. It was always about these two lions that used to go and run riot around the <laughs> Serengeti, and uh, the two lions were known as the brothers, yeah. you see, because they were just two brothers, yeah. and, and they caused havoc. And I called Walter and Archie that, you know, because they used to frighten the life out of me. You know, we had one day with. Have, have I got time to tell you these yeah, stories? Of course, you know, because one day where where um, it was a hilarious story. I'll tell it, you know, because it was fantastic, but. We had a porter cabin at Belfield. Yeah. Uh, the press room was a porter cabin. It was my idea, the porter cabin, because we had some. And I got absolutely massive stick for the porter cabin, you know, because yeah. I just did, you know, because Premier League Football Club, it should be better than the porter cabin, mm -hmm. but that's all we had. So this one day um, I went down, and Dave Watson, who was a coach at the time, had 
he used to take the, the team on the run, you know, the warm-up run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he decided this day to take them through the porter cabin, you know, <laughs> the whole 20-man squad. You know. <laughs> the sugar was everywhere, the coffee was everywhere. And I come back and I flipped. You know, I was already a bit fed up at the time, you know, and I flipped. So I went upstairs and I got hold of Dave Watson's office, and uh, his, his desk, and I just threw everything on the floor. I was just... <laughs> Mad! I was in a mad rage, you know. I hid his phone in the drawer, yeah. you know, you, the usual things that you do. So I got off then because I was so mad. I thought I don't want to say something that you know I regret. You or was know. it because you realised you'd just done back his well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I've gone up and I've sat by. Uh, I've sat in the McDonald's on Queen's Drive, fuming, you know. Yeah. So poor Mark Rowan, who was my assistant there, he. I get a phone call, you know. Uh, Archie's going to kill you, you know. So I says. Archie. So he says, yeah, so what's, what's his problem, you know, because I'm, I'm still, like, coming down from yeah. anger, you know. So apparently he'd, he'd put Mark up against the wall, you know, in the training ground, and, and, and Gazza rang me and said, Myers, it's really bad. Archie's <laughs> bad. He's got in the car, he's coming to see you at Goodison, you know. So I, I'm at Goodison at, at this time, you know, and I'll never forget, because the secretary rings up, and he says, oh, Archie's coming to see you, apparently, in Michael Dunford. <laughs> so I said, right, so I go over to my office, which is above the shop at the time, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, the last thing you want is Archie coming to see you, <laughs> you know. Bounce. And I'm proper scared in my yeah. office, you know, thinking, oh, what's this going to be? So I thought, oh, you know, I'll face it, you know. So next minute, one of the young girls from the shop come up and she said, Mr. Myers? And I said, yeah. She said, there's a man to see you in the shop. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> So uh, I thought, I've got to go. So I went down and I looked through, there's a little glass window in the door, you know, and I looked through the window and I'm like, and there's John Parrott standing there with a the snooker cue. Oh, that's right. She said, there's a man in the shop with a snooker cue to see you. And I'm thinking, oh, this is getting out of hand, you know. <laughs> so, so anyway, when I, when I go down, it was John Parrott. He was dropping a snooker cue off for one of the players or something, you know. So I was all right. But what had happened, you know, just to explain it, was Waggy, who, as anyone knew him, was hilariously dry and funny, and he'd come upstairs, seen his desk in a mess, did the same to Archie, <laughs> and said, Archie, you want to come and see what Mize has done to your desk? <laughs> so, thinking it would just be a joke, but Archie had flipped, you know, because yeah. you know, he has all these very, very prim and proper about his notes. And, yeah, yeah. So he lost it, come outside, got hold of, asked Mark Rowan with his hand around his neck, where's, where's Myers, you know? And, and anyway, it was, it was only halfway down Queen's Drive uh, that Waggy had said, it was me, Archie, it was me, you know, because he realised he yeah. was serious, you know. <laughs> so that was as close as it came to me. But, but they were great characters, you know, and, they, and it was a shame, really, that they didn't have the success because they would have been brilliant forever. Was there know? a significant match that comes to mind in, in that first era? Oh, um, there's a few. I mean, uh, you know, from a good... I'll tell you the most depressing one for me was against Villa in the Cup when we got to, I think, the quarter-finals of yeah, the Cup. Yeah, four ones. Yeah, and I think... I remember Thomas Meyer dropping the ball or something. There was a problem with the goalkeeper, and you know, I, you know, and these things happen. And it, it was it was a, a strange old day because I I was so because I'd never been to Wembley with Everton. I wanted to go to Wembley yeah. with Everton as a worker, you know, as yeah. being obviously with them, yeah. you know, as a fan. But I was so wanted to go. And that year they changed the semi-finals for the first year to Wembley. To Wembley, and I thought. This is my chance, you know, yeah. even if we just get to the semis, yeah. you know. And and we got turned over, like, so badly. You yeah. know, I think Carboni scored. Carboni scored, scored and, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and after the game, I was stood in the dugout, and I, I had a, a, I fainted. 
I'd had pneumonia and I fainted and, and I collapsed in the... And I'll never forget Slavin Village coming up the stairs saying to me, it wasn't that bad, Alan, it's just a defeat, you know, <laughs> joking. You smoking. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, and he didn't realise how ill I was, and then they called the doc, Doc Irvin, come up, yeah, and, yeah. and I went to a hospital in an ambulance from the ground, you know, um, and, and Howard came to see me in the, uh, in the hospital and everything. But it was just, um, you know, it was just that that, that was so disappointing, mm -hmm. you know, because I wanted so much, success, yeah. you know. And, and, but we had some good nights, you know. I mean, I, but I remember the game at Coventry where Howard went onto the pitch, and, yeah. you know, and then he come off the pitch, and I said, what's happening now? What, what are you doing, you know? And he said, well... I, I'm just, uh, I'm just telling the players. I've, I've seen kids trying to get on to see the players. I said, oh, no, you weren't. I'm telling the players off, and he said, he said, well, that's, you know, we'll just say that we, you know, some kids were trying to get. To them. <laughs> I said, they ain't buying it, Howard. You know, they ain't buying. It. And uh, anyway, the press were all. The, the press were great with Howard Kendall at the time. You know, I think he had a big respect from the press. You know, yeah. but, but. Um, but there's so many good times, you know. Mm. I say good, you know. They may not have been good at yeah. the time, Sound, but yeah. they were memorable, you know, and, yeah. and a football club. But it was a lovely football and it, it is a fantastic football club. I'm going to say that anyway because I'm a fan, but it just is. You know, I've been around a lot of football clubs over the last, well, 12 years at Sky. I saw the inner workings of a lot of football clubs and not many come, 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 close. come close to everything. I, I want to mention that because obviously from that, being the man... The media man at, at your boyhood club. You then went very quickly to a, a very senior role in Sky, um, Northern Bureau Chief, and yeah. um, all around the country, yeah. doing all the, the top gig, big interviews. Remember one in America at one point as yeah. well, which uh, that was interesting. Yeah. More significant for the other side of the park <laughs> for the fireside chats and stuff. But yeah. you know, it must have been at first difficult to get your head around. I know you were a broadcaster originally, anyway. Yeah. But to go. Jump across the line, if you yeah. Well, well, TV was very difficult because all I'd ever done was radio, and if anyone does both, you'll realise they're two very, very different things. You know, uh, TV and radio—it's not the same. Right. Um, and that was my hardest. And I don't think I ever really mastered it, to be honest. Going from radio is my medium. If I was ever going to do anything, radio, radio would uh -huh. be what I want to do. But TV was—it's really difficult to sort of make TV what it is, you know, and I, and I learnt an awful lot at Sky, but they took me, I mean, I went to, in two-year period when I was producer for England, um, the England national team with Nick Collins, and, you know, they took me to 24 different countries in two years, you know, and it was yeah. phenomenal, you know, it, it, did I just say phenomenal? More of that later. Coming up, um, no, but it was brilliant, it was, um, it was, you know, uh, Cape Town, South Africa, you know, Russia, you name it, we went, and, and it was fantastic. And it was the period when uh, Steve McLaren was the England manager. So it was like, from a story point of view, it was fantastic. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just the normal. And we had some, we had some amazing moments. And, and, and one funny story was um, we played Croatia, who again, for the third time, Slaven Bilic was the manager. Yes. <laughs> so when I'd gone over there, I, I obviously knew him, and, and, I went, and he invited me to come and have a drink. So I went and had a drink with him on the night before the game. Anyway, on the day of the game, if anyone remembers it, we lost 2-0 and Gary Neville put a back pass goal, to yeah. Paul Robinson. It went, yeah, over, you know, well, yeah. and it was one of those things. But it was the fever, the fervour, I think is the word I'm looking for. It was intense in that ground. Oh, you know, it was unbelievable. I never forget thinking, you know, this is, this is football like it, yeah. it was in England a few years ago. You know, yeah. football's sort of eaten itself a little bit in this country, yeah. I think. You know, and... and 
you, the, you know, the, the Croatia players were outside after the game in the car park signing autographs, and, yeah. and then you saw England with all this security around them. And I just thought, you know what, there's a little bit of a thing there to say why yeah. we are not successful. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there's a whole other argument, isn't there? another podcast, isn't it? Yeah. But, but that night, I was stood, we always positioned ourselves on the, on the corner flag, ready to do the interviews after yeah. the game, you know, with the TV camera, and I got Nick there. And when they won, Slavin, I'll never forget him coming to me. It was like a Jitem moment, you know. <laughs> he come running up the line, and he had this silver suit on, and he put his hand up to do a high five with me. Because <laughs> he, he just didn't think. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking, I'm producing for Sky. I can't do that. You know, so I had to sort of, you know, I think they call it custard pie. You know. <laughs> and he laughed afterwards, you know. I said, you, can't, you were trying to give me a high five, you know. I said, I was, I'm with England, you know. So anyway, uh, it was quite funny. You know, but, but it was a... It was a great time. Sky was just... Yeah. I mean, the Hicks interview, you know, uh, is, is infamous or famous, whichever way you want to look at it. And, and I'll never forget that moment when he said to me, you know, uh, they'd gone to see Jürgen Klinsmann, and he said, hell, I didn't know who Jürgen Klinsmann was. You know, and I'm thinking, is this really... And, like, you know, and it was such a big story. Oh, it was yeah. such a big story. It dominated the headlines for, for and days and You days know, no matter what people say, but I liked Tom Hicks. I, I, I really did. As a guy... He was a really we nice guy. <laughs> uh, but he was, he was, he was okay, you know. And, and you know, I, when, it, when they first took over, I thought, as an Evertonian, I thought, God, you know, wish we had someone like oh, this, yeah. you know. Because yeah. I thought I think, it was going to happen. Yeah, that, I thought yeah. it was really going to happen for them. Um, and, you know, it, it was it, so many interesting moments of that period, you know, with the Hicks. But the, the funniest thing of the lot, and I think he still probably holds me uh, responsible, is that it was my idea to put him next to the fireside. <laughs> you know, I said, he said, where do you want me to sit? And I said, well, I, I saw this big fire. I said, that'd be nice, by the fire, you know. God, he, uh, yeah. I think if ever he got stick, it was over the fireside oh, yeah. interview, and it was my fault, you know. <laughs> so, but we had some great stories, you know, George Best funeral and, yeah. you know, all these different yeah. huge events, you know, with Sky. And, and it's, it's a fantastic broadcaster and it's a fantastic thing. I know it gets a lot of stick by certain clubs and things, you know, but it is such a good product and such a good, oh, yeah. you know, I, I really do. Uh, I'm proud to work for them again. You know, yeah. I really am. It's, it's a great. We broke some stories, that's for sure. I think it's probably part of all our homes now, Definitely, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is, and that's the reality of it, yeah. you know, is that... It, what it's done for football. I mean, I remember football pre-Sky, you know, and it was a very different thing, you know, um, being the oldest of the lot in this room, that's for sure. <laughs> so, going on from there, of course, you mentioned you got the call on the beach from Bill, and yeah. um, they were having a change around at the top in terms of their comms team, and you, you came back. Finished your holiday, or did you just get straight on the Oh, no, ball? no, finished my holiday, yeah. 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 You probably a, needed those extra few days for what came. I, I might have done a me toll for Bill, but I certainly I would certainly do as a toll for my wife, you know, that's for sure. <laughs> but but I I, um, I came back, and I, it was such a hard decision in some respects, because I, I, I love my job at Sky. I, I imagine, love the people yeah. at Sky yeah. more than anything, because I think, a, a, you know, where you work and a job is about the people you work with yeah. rather than anything else. You know, yeah. jobs are jobs. But the people are yeah. what makes makes it happen, and and I loved the people at Sky. I, got, I had the best boss you could ever ask for in in, in a job with uh, a guy called Andy Cairns at Sky. He was just he just inspired you every day yeah. to do the right thing and to do it properly, you know. And and, and that at BBC training and and that sort of you yeah. know you, you you never lose that you know yeah. to do things right. So so I made the decision and and but when I. When I left Sky, I, I, I thought, right, if I'm going to do this job at Everton, 
I want to do it differently, and I want to do it. I don't want to just be another communications guy, a name in a program, yeah. you know, because that's usually what they are. You know, they're just names in programs, and and you know they'll come out. And say, I wanted to actually communicate with the fans, and I looked at the club, and if you remember at the time, they had the whole badge situation mm-hmm. going on. I think there was about twenty thousand people in a petition yeah. against that's right. it. Yeah, that's right. And, and I remember, you know, the media relationship wasn't as good as it probably could have been at the time, if I remember rightly, and because, probably because of that, you know. And um, so when I joined, it was sort of, there was a bit to be repaired. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Everton's a great club, you know, and, and, and they've got some fantastic people there, yeah. you know, and they still have, and they, they get so much right, you know, they get so much right when it comes to PR, and you see it just a few weeks ago, and, you know, the Sunderland... Bradley Lowry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and they're quick, you know, that's what I like about them, they're quick. No matter who's there, as a club, Everton's first thought is, what can we do that's right? You know, and I like that, you yeah, know, with yeah. the football club. And, and, I, and I think Everton take a lot of credit for that. The community programme is second to none. Yeah. Well, you yeah. Know, it's yeah. second to none. And, and the, the dedication, um, uh, her, name's, her name escapes me now. Denise. Um, but do, well, no, Denise obviously runs it, heads it up. Now, I'm talking about one of the girls who work in there, and I can't think of her name, uh, uh, Duffers, I call her. Oh, and Karina. Karina. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I sat with her one day. She told me about a trip to Africa she'd done, and, yeah. and, and she just wanted to tell someone, and, yeah. and she's just a genuine person. And that, that is massive to a community. And, and I used to get the argument at Everton, you know, is it a fo- it's a football club, though. You know, we shouldn't be... The, but it's more than a football club mm. when it's based in the community. Don't get me wrong, it is a football club first and yeah. foremost, and yeah. you've got to always remember that. Um, and sometimes I think clubs can forget that, you know, and I know Everton have on occasions, and, and other clubs do regular, out of goodness rather than anything else. But but you do have to remember that it's a football club, it's about winning trophies, yeah. you know, and sometimes, you know, you can't forget that. Um, but it's a great club. But I felt at the time, you know, if I was going to come and join a club, my club, um, I needed to be able to properly communicate with the fans, properly communicate. And that didn't mean a word. It meant literally speaking to people on a daily basis. And, you know, I remember some, someone putting on Twitter uh, a picture of me with the words underneath, the baddest PR man in the Premier League. You know? <laughs> and like uh, one night, I mean, I, I can't really say this because it, you know, it's not right, but one night I didn't know what I was talking about. And someone said, do you like Lemo? You, know, you may have to get rid of this, but do you like Lemo? And I said, yeah, I love Lemo. Because Lemo, for me, is oh, lemonade. Wait. Yeah, exactly. You know. And, and I, all of a sudden, I got about 10,000 retweets. I'm thinking, what's this? So I rang the nephew up. I said, who's a little bit more streetwise than me. I said, what's Lemo? He said, yeah, what have you said? I said, I've just said that I like Lemo. He said, get it off. So, you know, and it was hilarious. So, so it had its pitfalls, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because, you know, I'm... You know, my age, I'm, I'm not yeah. down yeah. with the kids, as they say, you know. And, 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 but, but that was just proof of, of what I wanted to do. I wanted to speak with people, real Evertonians. I wanted to talk to, and this is important to say, every Evertonian, not just the ones that we felt were nice to us, you know. I wanted, because I look at football fans, people say, aren't you fed up with people moaning at you all the time? Because... I did get moaned at 24 Just hours a bit. Day. Yeah, you know, toilets need cleaning but, in the lower yeah, well, yeah, 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 I had that. You know, I had, can you move a television? And we moved the television to these people. And I got cheered when I walked up on the match day. It was great <laughs> for putting the television somewhere, you know. But, like, but these are the things that make the difference in a football club. And these are the, difference that, the things that make a difference to a fan. And, um, and I wanted to communicate with every fan 
like I say, I didn't want to just be, you know, the person who looked after the ones that liked us, you know. Yeah. And I have this this philosophy that if a fan is moaning, what that that's not moaning, that's passion, you know. It's what it's because they're passionate. If you're winning games, and a, ma a fan moans, it probably is moaning, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you're losing and fans start moaning, it's because they're passionate, they care, they're upset, you know. And and I used to look at it, you know, when a fan come up to me and started saying, hey, Alan, you know, and more often than not, in fact, 100% of the time, they'd walk away, we'd shake hands, they'd walk away and say, yeah, top mate, you know, thanks, pal, you know, and walk away. And and that was everything for me because football fan just wants to be heard, you know, and more and more these days they're not heard. And I think football is a real worry, you know, now that it walks away from the fans, you know. And, and listen, I think there's a lot of good work done, and the Premier League are doing a lot of good work now. Um, engagement and, it, and, it, and, it, and they are they have recognised yeah. it you know we had when I was at Everton a few years ago we had the away fans and, um, uh, what do they call 20s it 20s plenty all that sort of stuff yeah. and, and now you know it is happening slowly but surely it's happening but I wanted to be that person and uh, and if I couldn't be that person I didn't want to do the job you yeah. know um, and, and that's it, and that's what it's all about. I think you only have to look at the way the fans... I mean, fast-forwarding, so we're not going to get to that bit yet, but when you left, the reaction from fans was one of almost universal dismay because yeah. it was someone who'd engaged... Engaged is a buzzword. Someone spoken yeah. to them. Someone, yeah, one yeah. of them, one of their own, who was, who was doing a, an important job at the club and spoke to them as Someone one of them. Somebody could relate to as well. You could ask you a question on Twitter. I don't know how you had the time to do it, but invariably you'd reply to it. Sometimes I'd be sat there looking at your mentions and hundreds of replies and, you know, you'd take things on and observations mm. and requests and they'd be getting addressed. And no wonder, you know, when, when in time comes to left, they were, they were yeah. gutted. But I think you did really bring the club closer to the sport. Mm. Isn't that sense? Yeah, I, and that's, that's nice of you to say, Greg. You know, I mean, what, one... One moment, I think, which sort of summed that up uh, and summed up how difficult that job was at the time and how difficult, not the job, sorry, but the, the, what, the way I wanted to do it um, and was, the, was the crest. And you may remember, you will, because I think you were watching what was happening. Yeah. And you probably all will, but, but you in particular, Greg, you know, because you were watching everything. Um, but uh, we got the three um, crests. Yeah. You know, and... We we would have could have presented them slickly the next day on big boards and all the rest of it and made it look really nice. And but I just was so eager to get them out to the fans yeah. and you know I said okay at ten o'clock tonight I'll I'll release the three you know mm -hmm. I got them off the, uh, the the company that did them designed them and um, and it was hilarious I mean the crest nearly drove me to the mental hospital you know it really <laughs> did it was just unbelievable you know I I had things coming in on backs of corn cornflake packets and. and they, they just didn't get grasp that we couldn't take a fan's creation because it, it, one fan yes. might be happy, but another yeah. twenty thousand wouldn't be. You yeah, know, yeah. and you know, and, and and that just didn't seem to register. You know, at yeah. the time. You know, so I still, even after the crest was done, was getting pieces of paper in with <laughs> crest design. How about this one, Alan? You know, and it was really funny. You know, to look at. You that's a, that's a, such a stark kind of. Um, Indication of how how important even a badge is to, to the Absolutely. average Evertonian. It's a great point for you know because I, I'll be honest with you. I've supported Everton for fifty odd years. I've never looked at the badge no. before that. I, I I couldn't even tell you what you was on it. You just take it for granted. In the it was there. It's there. Yeah, yeah, it was there. And and I thought, 
I've, I, you know, I've never even thought. I didn't even know those little. Uh, I didn't know what the laurel leaves. Lo- yeah. I didn't even know what a laurel leaf. The only one I know is a hell of a hardy. You know, or an hardy. And I'm thinking, what is a laurel? You know, what, what the hell is a laurel? You know. And anyway, so the funny story about the, the crest, though, was. I put, but but just to, uh, to explain the point was that I put them on that night. Yeah. And it was. It went crazy, and they hated them. Mm. All three, all three. That's right. You know, yeah. and yeah. and I got battered. You know, and they were calling me names, threatening to come and do me in. You know, <laughs> and I, it was all. And I thought, oh my god. And I was between ten and I think half past three when I went to bed. I can't. I will tell you now, honestly. I was sick to my stomach. I was sick because I thought, what am I going to do here? You know what? You know. And I knew which one was going to win. I just could just see it as an Evertonian. Mm. I just knew, like I didn't like the modern one. I didn't like the other yeah. round one. It was wasn't. I just looked at that one that is now yeah. the crest and thought, yeah. oh, it's got everything, you know. Yeah. I, I, you know. I, anyway, so, so that was. But but I was so down, you know. Yeah. I was literally ill with it, you know. And anyway, the next morning I got up and I went to Finch Farm. And I was sat in the uh, the canteen, not in the players' one, in the big one, the yeah. main one. Yeah. yeah, and I was just sat there, and I would look like, you know, remember the advert which said, "This is the man who went in, played black, and it came up red," and you know, and, <laughs> and I looked like a forlorn, lost man, you know, and I had these bloody big, sorry, I had these great big boards of the, cre- and I didn't want to even open them, you know, I was mm. so fed up. I'm just out the corner of my eye, who walks along with Duncan Ferguson? So I said, he went to me, "What's up, pal?" You know, as he does. And I yeah. said, uh, oh, you don't want to know, Dunk. I said, you know, I'm just... So he said, oh, what's up? Because he's it. Anyone who knows Duncan knows what he is. and He's a proper man. Yeah. You know, and he's a proper person. And uh, I, t- I said, yeah, do me a favour. I said, tell me which one you like of these. So I put the three boards out. And he went, 100% that one. You know, the one that ended up being the correct. I said, you wouldn't do me a favour, would you? And just hold it up and say, you like that one, would you? And he says, aye. So I said, okay. So he held it up and he did that. You know, that <laughs> yeah. of, you know like <laughs> regal. Yeah, yeah, it's either regal or he's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember and, the picture. Well, yeah, yeah, and you don't yeah. know quite, no, you know. Yeah. And I, I looked at him and it was like there was a light behind him. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my night had come, you know. Yeah. And he says... That's great, that. And, he, and he, he wouldn't let give me it back. He said, can I have it? I said, no. I need that, you know. So, anyway, so um, I'll never be so grateful to someone as I was that day to Duncan. And within an hour, it was mad, you know, and everybody said, you know, uh, and then one of the players... Always well, the PR man, always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I, but that's, that was the natural thing to do, you see. How can I, how can I turn this, you know? And... and I'll never forget it because one of the players, I won't mention because it's not fair, but one of the players picked the really modern one and yeah. I said, Are you sure? He said, oh yeah, I like that, you know. Anyway, I put the picture with him on it <laughs> and actually that probably makes identify who he is. But, but, <laughs> but, he could probably go back. But the place went, yeah, and everyone said, I can't believe he's done that, I can't believe he's picked that one, you know, go with it, Big Dunk. And Big Dunk pretty much turned it round, you know, and, and, and everyone sort of got on board then and then Twitter started and the amount of like votes we had for that one was, you know, and like I say, I knew as soon as I saw them, you know, because I hadn't seen them before, mm, you know. Yeah. I, it was it, one thing I will always say about that process: it was so genuinely done, you know. It was so real, you right. know. It was proper because we worried about, you know, Liverpool fans getting involved, and yeah, but we made sure it was right, you know. Um, and it was a great thing, and I think it brought the club together a little bit. That you know, yeah, that yeah. In, a, in a strange way, you know, people sort of they re 
re-addressed uh, what they were proud about the club, you know, yeah. the nil status and, That's right, you know, yeah. and, and the, yeah. sort of the things that make us ever The tenants of the club, because the badge... Yeah. We suddenly realise that the badge means something. Sim- yeah, it's it, does, it yeah. does mean something, you know, and, and I think yeah. that's why. So that was that was one of my proudest things I did there, you know. I mean, the, the other one which I was alluded to before, you know, which was when, when a fan, a particular fan, came to me at the end of the tea party, and said, shook my hand and said, you, "You've given us our club back," you know, and yeah. which was probably a little bit over the top, to be honest. But you know, it, but the sentiment meant so much to me. And if ever I look back on my seven months. Of my time there, that one moment, that ten seconds when he said that, meant everything to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, sorry, I'll no, no, go I was just going to say, um, in that seven months, can you give us an idea then? Because it ended difficult, in mm-hmm. difficult circumstances for Roberto. Yeah, but you obviously were in a position of getting to know him very well in a period where things went the really, yeah. really well yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. Can you give us an insight? I mean, me and Greg got to. You know him quite well over a yeah, period. Yeah. What was he like behind closed doors, and, and and what could you? What was he trying to sell to you? Is what what, he, what was his well, ambition for the football club? Believe me, no one was more surprised to see what happened with Roberto than me. I genuinely didn't see that coming. You know, in the seven months I was there, I genuinely didn't see that. You know, he gave me. He, I remember him saying to me, "We were going to go up to Old Trafford to play." You know, David Moyes' Man United yeah, yeah, at the time, yeah. and he said to me, "I said." Oh, I said, he said, what's up? I said, oh, I'm just nervous about, you know, I said, we always get turned over. He said, I promise you, Alan, a good night. I promise you a good night tomorrow. He said, because we go there as Everton. And I'll never forget that. And I think we said it in the press. And, you know, and I said, what do you mean? He said, we will go there as Everton Football Club. And, and, and I, I was come out, I was like, you know, chest up. Because I buy it all the time, me, yeah. you know. You, you know and, but he meant it. And, and it was fantastic. And on the night, it was just, I remember acting daft at the end and going over and waving <laughs> to the fans and thinking, what am I doing? Here? You know, but I was so elated, you know, because anyone knows, we never win there. Oh, no, we never yeah. won there. We were always... We bounced back on even the press card, the 62. That's that it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so great. But but the thing about it, you know, I saw little moments with Roberto in those seven months. He was fantastic. From a PR point of view, he was a, he was just a godsend. You know, he, he, he was... He was good. He was. He knew how to deliver himself, you know, and, and and be seen. He knew how to pick a moment. He would get involved as we did the video Christmas with the, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Morgan Wise video, yeah. and, and like I thought, I can't ask him, you know. I could imagine some of the managers I've worked with in the past. <coughs> David Moyes. You know, no, <laughs> no, but you can think and imagine going asking some of the managers, yeah. you know. It's just not um, going to happen. Is it's it? never going to happen. And yeah, you know, I'd understand why it wouldn't. You yeah. Know, yeah. But but he was so. Not only did he do it, but he did it with a bit of. Acting in, in it and everything, and it was so good. And 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 I honestly thought the football was good. You know, yeah. I, I honestly looked at it and thought, you know what, this is all right. You know, I, I remember the first game against Norwich. I was terrified. Yeah. Because the players didn't know the system. They didn't understand how to play that way. You know, they'd never played that way. And I was terrified. I thought we were going to get beat three or four nil that day. You know, yeah. I think it was two two two. two, all, two. two all, yeah. And and. I, I, I was so nervous all the way through the game, you know, because it was so like we could have been beaten just as much as we could have won, you know. And I think there was a lot of games like that, you know, <laughs> with, with Roberto. And but I remember one moment where um, he said to me, um, "I want you to do something for me." I said, "What's that?" He said, "Ring Howard up and ask him to come to the training ground," oh. you know. And I said, "Really?" So he said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, he's never been to." He said, "I know." He said, "Ring him up and and we'll we'll, we'll you know we'll give him a, a day to remember." And I'll never forget Howard that day. He was like 
It was hilarious, really. This man, who, who was the most successful manager in our history, who'd won trophies, who'd done so much more, in fairness, than Roberto Martinez, yeah. he was so humbled to be there. Yeah. He was shaking when he met Ross Barkley. Yeah. You know, and, and he was like, he was walking around, and he, he didn't walk around like a, you would think someone like that owned the place. He was so humbled to be there, you know, and, um, and I think that showed me more about Roberto Martinez than anything, really, you know. But at the end of the day, and I've spoken to him since, you know, football management is, management is about winning football games. And if you don't win enough football games, you don't stay the manager. And, and, and at Everton Football Club, we demand, and, and I don't think we've demanded success as much as we should have done over the last few years, mm -hmm. you know, or last 20 years. You know, we've, you know, I, I used to, I used to, one of the things that made me go back on Twitter just recently was there's this guy whose name just escapes me at the moment. Um, I can't remember. But he, you'll know who he is because he's put a quote of mine, which is quite funny, you know. And I remember saying it at the time, you know, we're not plucky little Everton, you know. We're not, we are a club with the, one of the greatest histories in this, in this country, you know. And, and we should be demanding silverware. We should be demanding. You know, I start every season thinking we can win the Premier League. Mm. I don't. I don't think anything less. Not fourth or you know. The reality is something different. We know that. Yeah. You know, and people might think, well, you're stupid. You know, I'm not stupid. You know, as Leicester showed last year, you can do it. Yeah. If you get the right things right, you can do it. And it's all about decisions during the season of, you know, whether the manager makes the right decision, whether the players make the right decisions, whether owners make the right decisions. You know, all those things need to come together. And, uh, and you've got to keep the manager as happy as anybody because he's the only man that can deliver what you want. And unless you do that, and I, I won't have this, you know. And this quote, he said something like that, you know. And I, I, I used to make me laugh. I used to think, well, I can't bet. I've made it, you know, this guy on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's his bio. How much has Twitter changed football, supporting a football club and, and being involved in oh, I think it's I think it's huge. And... and it's hilarious to watch because I've been around a few football clubs. I'm not just I'm not just talking about Everton here. It's important to say that you know is that football clubs are frightened of Twitter. I think you know in a sense you know they're frightened of what fans say and the fan you know fans have a voice. And as I say, let me just stress you know I'm not talking about Everton. I'm talking about all football generally. Clubs. Yeah, they, they, they but Twitter is huge. You know when it comes to a football club, it really is. You know and and there's so many other medium you know vehicles you know um that you can use yeah. i understand that but it's the sort of instant i love twitter I, I i have to say i'm hooked on twitter i can't help i have i'll be honest with you now i'll let you know something now over the last two years i've been on twitter but as somebody else because i've just wanted to engage with Everton, yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. and i couldn't do it it was disrespectful yeah, yeah. doing yeah. it while i was at blackburn at Derek. so i would it wouldn't be me. I'd just get involved with arguments about Everton, and you know, <laughs> and I, I just, you know, they wouldn't know it was me. Probably slagging your match reports. I have actually spoken to Greg on a couple of occasions, and he answered me back. You know, but I've only ever been sorry nice for blocking you. No, I was only ever nice, but I had to keep that yeah. interest in me. Like, yeah. and it, you know, it wasn't about me what I was saying. It was just about being able to yeah. get involved in everything. So you're anti-biased then, aren't you? No, 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 no. And I'm definitely not uh, watch Toffee, that's for sure. Uh, I've been had that one accused a few times, but definitely not that. Um, but, but no, I, I, uh, I think it's fantastic, and I think, and I think uh, you know, Everton, to be honest with you, really embraced it, Yeah. you know, if I'm being honest. Um, but it's difficult from a, a, a club point of view, because 
as you'll see, just as yourself, just as a fan or whatever on Twitter, you know, you can get into so much trouble, can't you, by just saying the wrong thing, and it hasn't got, you can't express yourself in, I don't know how many characters it is, but... 140. Yeah, 140. Never you enough. You can't, you can't express, and that's why I won't get into full-length conversations mm. about it, you know, all this one of two and one of six, yeah, and, yeah. you know, I can't be doing with that, yeah. you know, um, and that's why people say, why did you leave, why did you leave, I would never go into it, because, well, hey, it's, it's, I think it's professional to not talk about those things, you know, whatever yeah. happens. Um, and B, I never want to talk negative about Everton Football Club. And, and, and it, for me, it was a negative time. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great time. Um, but what I will say is that I left on my own accord. Nobody pushed me out at Everton. Nobody ever would, I don't think, and nobody did. I, it was my decision because I felt I couldn't do what I wanted to do in my way. My way was probably, I think football's probably not ready for that. Even being honest, you yeah. know, and in some ways it maybe can't do that because it's it has to it has to stay with the commercial world and and stay with what it is. It's a big business now, you know. And I go mad when I, there was a debate. In fact, I was involved in the debate as my other <laughs> pseudonym, you know, um, about the word customer. I think um, I don't know what club it was, but some club put out about customers, and um, and I would. I wouldn't have it. I, a football yeah. fan is never a customer, never will be, because just for the simple fact that if you're a customer, you can take the product back and get your money back. Yeah. You can't do that. No. You can shop elsewhere if you're a customer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't go anywhere exactly. else. You've got no choice. So you can never be a customer. You know, you'll always be a football club, and that's got to be the case. You know, and and that's why you know, like I say, I have no ill feeling about anyone at Everton. You know, I don't. I really don't. And. Um, but I just made that decision, and I know at the time people said, "Wow, what's happened there?" You know, and I've seen some great things about why I left. You know, like what's your favourite theory? Well, about the, Crystal, why you left? the Crystal Palace game was the best one. You know that because what happened with the Crystal Palace game, just to just to put it out there, is, is obviously it was it was postponed with an hour to go. Mm. Oh, of course, you yeah, know, the wind, and, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I come out, and basically there was a little bit of miscommunication at the time. Nothing to do with me, as, as it as it happened. Even well, I say nothing to do with me. It was me because I communicated it, but <coughs> but it wasn't my fault. Yeah, you know, but it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a big problem, but because that that um, game was called off an hour before, there was um, there was suggestions that it, I got sacked because of that. You know, and, and that just. <laughs> Not true, you know, yeah. it just wasn't true. Yeah. You know, I thought we handled it, even though it was a terrible time to call it off and no one wanted to do that. Yeah. It was more a fact that we were trying on the day, I think the security guys, and we were trying their best to keep it on, yeah. you know, because we knew people had travelled from London. And, but in the end, it was just too dangerous and, you know, um, and we didn't do it. But, but there was all sorts of theories, you know, um, all kinds of things. I can't remember half of them, you know, but it was just hilarious watching them thinking, you know... Do I say something? You know, <laughs> he signed an NDA. You know, he can't say. I've never signed one of them in my life, and I never will. You know, never. No one would ever stop me talking if I wanted to talk. Yeah. You know, especially about Everton. You know, yeah. but it's just. I think you know. You know, and there's nothing to hide necessarily. But I just think you have to be professional. You know, yeah. and you have to be. You know, it's not good to air uh, your, your your differences with people and your differences with your job and your differences with how you feel out in public and it's not right and you know I, I felt I was doing the right thing and I still think that um, because I in life I always think if you feel you're doing the right thing at the time you should never be able to regret anything mm -hmm. you know and I don't regret anything I ever do because I know at the time it might be wrong in in with hindsight yeah but you know I never regret anything because I know at that time I made the right choice 
for what I felt was right, you know, you know, and, and, and I, I did. Do I miss Everton? Massive, every single day, uh, every single day. That was my dream job, and it's the only job really I ever really wanted to do, you know, and I would, would I go back tomorrow? Of course I would. I'd go back this afternoon if you could get a bus there, you know. It, mm -hmm. it, and, I, and I don't mean that, I'm not saying I want to go back. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What I'm saying is, it would never change my opinion that, you know, Everton would never... No one could ever make me feel bad about Everton. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know. Um, but like I say, I had my own ideas of how I wanted to do it and what I wanted to be, and, and maybe I wasn't, you know, maybe football wasn't ready for me on that. You know. Did it take a while for you to switch off after you'd walked away from the role? You know, oh, I know you obviously well went to another high-profile high club. It was funny. Oh, that, that was one of the other theories, that I'd left to join Blackburn. <laughs> you know, that wasn't the case. I could have joined Blackburn three times before Everton if I'd have wanted to. I yeah. just didn't want to because it was... You know, because it wasn't Everton. Yeah. You know, um, but what happened at, with Everton with Blackburn is it was it's quite funny. You should say, did you did it take long? Because within an hour of it going out, that I'd left Everton. That's right. I remember. This. I had a phone call back from yeah. Sky and saying, you know, come back. You know, you can work. And obviously, my job had gone then. You know, but but come, you know, we'll, we'll look after. We'll you. find the we'll role. Find for a role for. Yeah. We'll find work for you, which was really nice to have. You know, and and within another hour. I'd had the owners of Blackburn ring me and yeah. say, we want you to join. The owners of Blackburn Venkies? Yes, yeah, we want you to join. So I said, oh, well, I, you know, because I'm thinking championship and, you know, the money's yeah, going to be yeah. a lot. And I said, well, you know, I, no, 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 don't worry about it. Just come. I said, well, what, what, what should I do? Just start tomorrow. <laughs> I'd left Everton on the Thursday afternoon and I started at 9 o'clock the next morning at Blackburn. And I thought, what is going on, you know? And... And then I was made a director the day after that, you know, <laughs> thinking, gee, you know. And, but it was, it was fantastic, you know, it was good. Did you I mean, do your I, A licence just in case? Yeah, well, <laughs> well I can drive, the, I did drive the Everton coach, you know, back in the 90s, you know, <laughs> I did actually drive the bus, yeah. Um, but, but, you mean Jimmy Martin? Yeah, you know, but, you know, um, no, I, I, I couldn't believe it in the next minute. Yeah. I, and so it was really good. It was a whirlwind couple of me. days. Yeah, like and it felt for me just... And I think because it happened like that, everybody thought I'd left to join Blackburn. I'd never leave Everton to join any football club. Yeah. You know, never. You know, um, and that wasn't the case. Um, and I can see why some people, you know, there yeah. are many reasons why some people thought I'd done that. Um, but I hadn't. I, and I think I said it at the time. I never. I, I joined Blackburn because I'd left Everton, not the other way around. You know, and and that that was really important. That that was out there. You know, but. Um, you know, it, it, it took a long time because I'd done the same thing back in 19, uh, 2001. Yeah. I'd actually left for some of the same reasons, you know, believe it or not, and uh, or the same principles, if you like. And I thought, I can't do, I can't do this to me again, you know, because the first time I left Everton, I was, I have to be honest with you, I was in a bad place for, yeah. for a, a while, you know, because it really upset me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do the job... And that's why it was so nice to get back and have another go at it. I didn't do the job the way I should have done it in the first time. Right. I, I wasn't experienced enough, you know, in, in it, you know, and, and I made mistakes and, you know, and, and the club was, it was hard, you know. I can and imagine I, back then. And, and, and in fairness to the guys, you know, we talked about Roberto, in fairness to the guys at Everton, is those seven months for me was easy. Anyone could do that job at that time, anyone, you know, because... It was so good. Yeah. Everything we touched. You know, Roberto, every time he opened his mouth, a little a little, little uh, shine, you know, a Colgate man, you know, yeah. blinking, you know. And, and um, you know, so it was easy to do the PR then. It was. It was really easy, you know. But where you test a good PR um, 
I don't like the way it's PR, you know, the, the initials PR, to be honest. I don't, but where you, where you test a real good communications department is when it's bad. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of football clubs fail, you know, because what they do is they go insular and they start to, to go inside themselves, and it's the worst thing they can do. You know, fans just want to be heard. You know, talk to the fans. Just say, listen, we don't like it. You know, and believe me, the worst people in those times are the people in the football club because it's affecting their jobs, it's affecting their lives. Whereas a fan can go and shout at someone for an hour and go home, mm. you know, and then he starts his other work or she starts his other work, you know. Whereas a football person in a football club, you can't because mm. it's daily, every day, and it's and you see the players. I've never seen players. You know, people think players don't care, and you know, yeah, okay, you've seen players who are not in a good space in their mind, but they all care, you know, because that's why they do it, you know, and and uh, and and that's that's a difficult time, and I felt for some of the Everton staff at that time when it was when it was going bad, you know, and but that's the job, you know, you, you, you know, as they say, that's what you get the big bucks for, you yeah, know, um, you know, so it, as I say, that that's the. That's the hard time when you've got to do your job, but, but it's also the time when you've got to do it properly, you know, and and not going with going woodly, you know, just come out even more and say, let's talk to the fans. You know. As a fan, you know, again, with that, it's been difficult because you obviously formed a close relationship with them, but when it got to the end with Roberto, it was uh, it was un unpleasant, wasn't it? You know, that clearly yeah. from the, fans, the outside looking in, that's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, and clearly that you know, the fans had, had turned turned on him. He'd um, made a few missteps. I, I believe he made a big mistake with the way he handled Leighton Baines. Right. When you know, Phil spoke to Baines here and, and he spoke about chemistry in the team, and you know, Roberto kind of just a few missteps I felt in the way yeah, he handled I remember, that. Yeah, I remember the, the quote. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, and um, his grasp was just beginning to slip on on that kind of uh, that slick PR kind of person. He, he definitely was, mm -hmm. and he was very genuine at times as well. But I think he, you know he. Not only certainly the way he managed the team, but in that sense he was making mistakes. Yeah. And by the end, you know, personally, I maybe feel they could have done it sooner. But yeah. what do you reckon about the way he went? Well, the, the way what I would say about um, there's one thing that makes people act the way they do in football, in, in particular, and that's pressure. And people who at one point might look like one person can be a completely different person under pressure. You know, and and that's what. I've seen it, and there are people who can handle the pressure and people who can't. I'm not suggesting Roberto couldn't handle the pressure for a second, but because um, I think he, I actually stayed very gracious during the whole period, and, and he actually stayed very polite. And, and you know, you lads will know, you know, going to speak with managers, mm. sometimes that can be quite hard, and it can be, and it can be rude, and it can be, you know, yeah. because of pressure, you know, yeah. and, and everything is about the pressure, you know. And, you know, it come to a point where I felt he, you know, from looking in from far, I felt he was becoming the problem then because it hadn't happened. You know, I, you know, I, I was one of those where I thought, you know what, I wouldn't like to be the one to tell Roberto, you know, because yeah. he's such a nice man, such a, you know, a Lovely decent fella. bloke. Really you know, good man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've said it before and I'll say it again, football managers, when you go into football managers, the one thing you know, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Harry Radnam, who said, one thing you know when you go into football managers is that you will be sacked at some point or you'll lose your job at some yeah. point. You know? and nothing's more certain. And, and those decisions are hard, but they have to be taken. You know? And Roberto will know that. He'll look back on that now. And he'll still think, as every manager does, he'll still think yeah. he could have done it. Yeah. You know? every, I've never known a manager to never 
look back and go, actually, you know what, that was the right thing to do, get rid of me. You know, because they genuinely don't think they're doing wrong. You you've, got, you've got to have that conviction if you're going to be a football manager, surely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you have to accept that one day that, that is going to happen to you. And if you, especially if you're not getting results. You know, I remember going back to Goodison as a fan. I went in the Gladys Street. And it was quite funny, actually. No, I didn't go in the Gladys. I went in the, the main stand. And I went with a guy. We had a guy over at Blackburn from Brazil, uh, ex-footballer called Marcelo, a lovely little guy. And uh, he said to me, I said, come on, I'm going to take you to a proper football club. You know, I'm going to take you to a proper football match. You come with me. So we went and we took And it was the West Bromwich Albion game. Um, the night match, the night match, the nil nil, yeah. nil nil. Oh. <laughs> and there was two things I remember it for. It was the most, and I I looked around Goodison. And I thought, from the day I left, you know, I thought this is a completely different place. Yeah. You know, there was no excitement around the place. There was everybody, the players looked down as they were going into the ground, and and it, and he just thought, that's what it does to you, you know, and. Yeah. You know, there was no buzz outside. The fans were all sitting in their seats. I'd left this club, and <laughs> I don't mean this to sound like anything I'd done. No. You know, but the club I left... Mm. Totally different. Was, it was mad, and it killed me, because they were going to play... I think they played Arsenal in the Cup, uh, and it looked like they might have been going to Wembley. Yeah. And I thought, oh, God, I want to miss out again here, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know and I'm just destined to never go to Wembley with anyone working for Everton. But, but um, the point was, I went to that game... And I said to, and he said to me, I thought you said it was good. I said, I don't know. And it was the most boring game, if you remember. I don't know if you remember it, but it was yeah. The only highlight was at half-time. <laughs> they did the filming for the Tony Value film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And next minute they come on, and uh, I've got to be careful how I say this, but they were filming, and they were asking the crowd, and I think the crowd was so annoyed at the time, you know, that they started singing at the fit famous song about Liverpool, you know, <laughs> and I started laughing because I knew they couldn't film that, you know, because <laughs> the swear word in the song, you know, yes. and, I, and I was laughing to myself, and the guy from Brazil said, why are you laughing? <laughs> I, said, I said, Marcelo, it would take me about a year to explain, you know, what I said, but all you need to know is that it's funny, you know, and, 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 and you know, and I'll never forget it because it was, it was really funny that these, this poor guy from Hollywood, you know, was trying to do this film, Copite song that was coming out, you know, and it was just <laughs> hilarious. And but but I'll never forget, like I say, that feeling mm. of of such disappointment mm. and, and and no motivation in the yeah. club. And, and, that, and that was what at least at least twelve months before the end, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Probably yeah. like fourteen, but the yeah, February, yeah. the second yeah. season. Yeah. And I, so it got worse. <laughs> it got yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, twelve months yeah. of it. But I mean, Anfield away. I've never oh. rarely ever been in a football match mm. where. Mm, yeah, I remember watching it on the television, and, and I was, you know, and you know, and it, it's difficult because when you know the people personally, mm. it's difficult, you know. And I know, I know what a lovely guy Roberto is. I'm well mannered and, and polite and and considerate, and you know, and everything about him. And you, people say that doesn't matter, and it it doesn't matter in a sense, you know, in the football in the context of a football manager's job, it doesn't matter, you know. I'd rather have the most horriblest man going yeah. if we win and win a trophy, exactly. you know. Um, and, and I think sometimes, I've seen it mentioned on Twitter, I've seen sometimes actually Everton think need to become a little bit nasty. Yes, you, know, yeah. you know, they need to be disliked by people, you know, in a sense. You yeah, know. Exactly. And we always have been the lovely club and the people. I think we were voted once the, the, the most favourite second club. Um, I, I, that, maybe that's wrong, but I, it seems to be in my head somewhere. And 
I don't want to be that. You know, I want to be successful. I want to be hated. You know, I want to be. And I remember seeing the the transition of Manchester City from a yeah, club like yeah, Everton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was involved in it all. You know, I stood mm-hmm. outside, you know, um, uh, the Etihad um, when uh, the current owners took over. Mm-hmm. You know, I had fellas going behind me with um, tea towels on their heads, and you know, and the, the joy. You know, um, and I saw Manchester City change from this club, which I actually actually wear my second team to like Man City yeah, I love yeah. Man City because the fans were very much like mm. ours and, yeah, you know, and Royal you could, yeah, really yeah, relate, couldn't you, you could relate yeah. with their you know and they had the big team on the you know we were winning things you yeah, know and, yeah. and it was it was very similar and but I remember seeing that change I remember saying you know you know what I don't like I don't like City you know as this you know it's not mm. si- but I'll tell you what I'd, I'd take it all day long you <laughs> yeah. know we were you know to see you know when uh, Vincent Company holds that. You know to see Jags holding yeah. up yeah. the Premier League trophy. You know I don't care what yeah. anyone thinks. Yeah. Of this, you know. So, so I was going to say, do you think we've got the manager now that will make other teams haters? Well, do you know what? I don't know about that, but <laughs> I know what you mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to make him out to be nasty. But what I like about Koeman is that I think he's his own man, and I think he's someone who uh, will tell someone. You know, you see it with Ross Barkley at the moment. You know, um, I think he's not scared to take on an issue, and I think he will have been, despite of the way some people might see that issue, he will have been as supportive to Ross as anyone will be. You know, in in his career, and Ross will will appreciate that if I know the player. You know, and um, and I, I think what I like about Ronald Koeman, from what I've seen, I don't know him. I, I, I've never never even interviewed him. I don't think. Um, but but from what I like about him, from what I see of him, is that he's not afraid to take on any issue. He knows what he's doing. It, it's like uh, this is this is difficult. I don't want it to sound wrong. This, but it's like he doesn't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. You well, know? I don't think he does. Really. No, and, and, yeah, and I, I think he thinks. You know, whereas Roberto was very much his own man, but he. He always cared what people thought, you know. Whereas I don't think Ronald Koeman does. I, I think, think and yeah. you might agree or not, Alan. But I think Roberto was coming into the biggest club he'd ever managed, into Oops, the biggest absolutely. job he'd ever had. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of. And I think he, he he was quite happy to admit that as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he. I remember ringing him actually in the dark times, and without being too you know um, public here, but I rung him and he said, "I love managing this club, Alan. I love it, you know." And I genuinely believed him, yeah. and I think he really wanted to. To stay as manager, and it wasn't near the end. It was it was the season before, I think, uh, when he'd had a few bad results. But what I think about Ronald Koeman is he manages the way he looks. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to take him on. You know, <laughs> he looks like someone who just you know he just go at you. You know, yeah. and and you know I, mean, I hope that doesn't sound disrespectful. I, I mean it in no, yeah, in absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very I think nice everyone's way. made the same yeah. observations yeah. of him. Yeah. He's actually quite a polite man, I think, isn't he? As well, yeah, from what I've seen, nice, you know, yeah. he seems a really nice guy, but. I think um, you know, as I say, he he come, comes across to me as someone who will force success, and and I think that's what Everton need now. You know, I've I've, I've always thought it. You know, right through, even when we were there with Walter, and you know, you know this this ideology, if you like, where we're happy to finish fourth, or you know, it's just not for me. You know, I I don't. I could never subscribe to that, you know. And as mad as some people might think that is, you know, people of City and Chelsea and, and all these teams will probably look at you and say you must be mad. Fine, think I'm mad, mm-hmm. but I, I I will never. I grew up, you know. Well, I actually grew up in the seventies when it wasn't great, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I grew I grew up. I went through the eighties and saw probably the best Everton team I ever saw. You know, win the win the title, the first title, 
The second title was, a, a, again, like a Leicester. It was players like Paul Power and Alan Harper and yeah. who were not the greatest skillful yeah. players but were heart and... and, and you More know, than the sum of the yeah, parts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they... You know, in a sense, that achievement in the second title was was as good as the first one. Yeah. You know, one had absolute class in it; the other had determination and yeah. grit and fight. Yeah. And you know, and you know that that team with Sharpie and Andy Gray and and, uh, and Lineker and all these players, you know, was was a fantastic team to watch. You know, I mean, someone put on Twitter last night actually about your best team, and I thought, you know, it was difficult. You know, because you can't, you know, some of the great players like Alan Ball, but I never saw Alan Ball play really. Um, as such, only as a kid, you know, I saw the tail end, the tail end of Howard play, you know, Colin Harvey, and you know, so they'd all be on there. But I was going on players I'd seen, so, you know, yeah. and and you know, I, I loved Martin Dobson. You know, Martin Dobson was one of my favorite. But that team in the eighties, and that's what we should be aspiring to. You know, up until the start of the Premier League, the Premier League, you know, Everton were next to Liverpool for title wins. Yeah. You know, Man United, I think, were third, and you know, we were there and. You know the the money situation, but I don't I don't buy the whole money situation. I just don't buy it. You know I think as Leicester have shown last season, you can do it. You know and you know people say Blackburn bought the time. I don't think they really did. They bought one or two players who were yeah. you know, but it, they still had to get a team. And one thing I've seen around football clubs for twenty odd years now is that unless you've got a team and unless everybody's pulling the right way, you will not mm. have. It doesn't guarantee your success even if you've got that. But it definitely doesn't guarantee your success if you don't have it, you know. And, and uh, everyone's got to be pulling the right way, and, and, and that's the manager's job. That's why the manager. People say the book stops with the manager. That's why it stops with him because he's the only one that can create that. But but it's down to the owners to make sure the manager's happy. It's down to the players to make sure everything's happy there. It's down to the the staff who are doing all. You know, when I, in my job, I used to make sure that Roberto got what he wanted because he's the only man that can make it happen. Yeah. You know, I know it's the players, but you know. Um, so, Everton, it, it, it's a really interesting time now for yeah. Everton. You know, I hear all the stories about the. I was asked last night about it, but I don't, you know, I really don't know, you know, about the ground move, and that's got to happen for me. You know, it, it's so crucial that that's got yeah. to happen, you know, because as much as I love Goodison, you can't keep putting stuff up on the side. Mm, you know, yeah. It's going to take out the houses soon, there's been that many layers on it, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, you know, you can't you can't keep doing that. You've got to move with the times, and I think they will. You know, I think they will. I mean, so we've we've had, we all agree. I think that like money can't in football in terms of well, anything else. It can't buy you happiness, but it helps that that kind mm. of old cliche. And we've got someone who's got who's got money now. Mm. Farhad Mashiri. Now, I don't know. I'll be honest. I didn't even know who he was before mm. a certain no, Saturday same. afternoon in February. February the twenty seventh. Me and Phil were sat in that <laughs> newsroom. All of a sudden, uh, certainly. That weekend changed. Anyway. It's funny how those moments stick in your mind, don't yeah. they? Dates, you know, stick yeah. in your mind. But um, so you know, like I say, I wasn't familiar with him before that day. But he, a lot's changed since then, and he's a name that's indelible with Ever Everton fans because you were saying about Man City and the supporters jubilant in the streets. With the, I remember them with the tea towels yeah, on yeah, their head. Yeah. You know, we've got a, yeah. and it certainly was yeah, the answer to their prayers. And you know, yeah. time has since has proven mm -hmm. that. But what do you make of uh, Farhad and? The quiet revolution that we're about yeah. to go. Yeah, do you know what? That's a, that's a that's a great phrase. You know, because that's what it is, and that's what I like about him. I I don't know him. I've never met him. You know, even people like Arsenal friends are, I, I know. You know, don't know that much about him. You know, uh, but what I like about him is there are two types of leaders. You know, there are leaders who well, there's probably more, but two types of leaders I'm thinking of. Um, there's a leader who 
is quiet, gets on with his work, makes his decisions, knows what he wants, not necessarily, you know, because in football, I've, I've spoken to a lot of owners down the years, you know, and I've, as you know, we talked about them earlier, you know, I've talked, I've seen about, and, and some of them didn't do an awful lot wrong, you know, but it's gone wrong. Some of them have done a lot wrong and it's gone wrong. Um, and we've seen it. We see it every week, don't we, in yeah, football, exactly. you know, with different owners mm-hmm. and the way they act. And, and um, what I like about Mashiri is he's coming, we've heard nothing from him, you know, um, he's got on with the job. Would I like to hear a bit more? Not hear him, but I'd like to see a little bit more before I make my final, yeah. my, where I know that, you know, yes, this is going to be a change. You know, because, you know, we didn't go mad in the transfer window, which people were talking about £100 million mm-hmm. worth of, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that was a problem, you know, because you, you've got to spend money right, wisely, you know, you've got to spend money in the right way. I'd much rather keep it in the bank and spend it properly yeah. in the next window than, than just go and splash out because the fans want a player, you know, or a big name. But we do want a big name, you know. Let's not get away yeah. from that. That's what we want to see. I've seen things, though, already in the way he does his business, you know, that I think, you know what, you know, I think uh, I think this guy is the real deal. Uh, but I still need to see a little bit more in concrete things that happen before I can make that final decision of yeah yeah he's 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 going to change Everton to a Man City or to a you know um, whatever other team you know you'd probably say, say Chelsea wouldn't you to be yeah. fair you know he has he has brought success to to Chelsea um but there's two types and as I say there's a, a leader who does that there's a leader who maybe plays the victim you know and is always looking at excuses and you know and 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 wants to be the the person, the hero. I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think he cares whether people think he's the hero or not. He's not out courting publicity and and wanting to be the main man. And you know, yeah. If he was, we would have seen him. And you see yeah. these, you see these oh, people, yeah. you see yeah. these owners. They're not shy to get in front of the camera. They're not shy, and, and and you know, as I say, it's all about that. That's not what we want here. We want someone. I, I you'd never see the Manchester City owner. You know, yeah. you never see yeah. him. You never hear from him, you never no. see him, but you do because what he does is, is what you hear and what he's done in, in mm. that club is, and it is a completely different club. If that happened to Everton, you know, we'd be in dreamland. Yeah, we? and, and, and I still would say, as much as it might upset City fans, you know, uh, Everton would be a, a much bigger, and he's a much bigger club, but anyway, but it would be much bigger a story if yeah. that happened to Everton. Because, yeah, it's a real sleeping giant. Yeah, well, it is a proper, you know, sleeping giant. And, and you know, and I... And I um, I hope it does happen, and I think the ground move is up there in the top two of that happening. You know, the other one is about the team. You know, it's always yeah, about yeah. the team yeah. because you can do whatever you want. I remember a, a chairman, an old chairman, saying to me that when you're losing games, even the pies taste nasty, <laughs> and there's no truer thing in football. Yeah. You know, because you could have the best pies in the world, but if you've lost, it's horrible. You know, yeah. and no matter what you do, we used to do the best program. When I was there first, it was brilliant. We put so much hard work into it. Man United had this thing, same thing every week. You know, terrible program at yeah. the time, but it won the. You know, because they were Man United. Because they were winning leagues. Yeah, they were winning leagues. Yeah. And that's what happens. And 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 once you start getting success, momentum does everything. Momentum will take you down, and momentum will make you champions in football. You know, and momentum is such an underrated thing in football. You know, if you get and we had it, we had the momentum when Roberto came in. You know, 
we won a lot of games on momentum. 72 you know. points in our first season. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but then the momentum went the other way with him, and you could see that. In such a short period of time. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. You know, I mean, David Moyes had 11 years. Roberto yeah, yeah. kind of crammed so much. Into, into a short period, yeah. I mean, listen, I've got a lot of respect for David Moyes and what he did at Everton. I think he did a, a fantastic job in considering the situation, you know. And, and But we, we should be winning cups, you know. There's no yeah. two ways about it. You know, we should demand silverware. And I know only one team can win this and one team can win that. But teams have won them. You know, teams like... Smaller than Everton have won them, you know, and, and so Swansea, Birmingham, yeah, yeah. Fella, well, on, you know, default, I, I can't have that. Yeah. yeah, I can't have that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't. You know, um, I don't see Chelsea as a a bigger club than Everton. No. You know, um, okay, it, it might be financially wise, but it's not. You know, in his, historical terms. Um, so in that respect, I, I see, and I really think, you know, as I say, I don't know how. I genuinely don't know what's happening with the state. He'll probably tell me more than... Ask Jim White. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I did get asked, was, do you think it's a good thing that you don't think, you know, I've got to be careful here. But to be fair, Jim, Jim's a journalist, you know, and as a journalist, you'll know that if you could get it. You know, I remember... Absolutely, yeah. I remember when the Hicks thing came out, you know, Tom Hicks would only speak to me yeah. for some unknown reason. I don't know why. I still don't know why today, <laughs> you know. Um, I remember he introducing me to... or, or seeing... George Bush at a Texas Rangers game and he Senior or, or W? W yeah. <laughs> and he described me as his only friend in Liverpool <laughs> and uh, I think I probably was at the time so if, uh, yeah. I think he was bang on on that one yeah. um, but but it was you know like I say um, you know it, 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 the stadium at that time was the big thing for Liverpool you know and, and, I, and I see that you know that Liverpool have done well with that. I mean, it's a tremendous. I don't, think, I don't think he got that word off me, did he? <laughs> but it, it was a. It looks it, the part. It's a fantastic yeah. stand, and it, yeah. it really is. And it's huge until you know until you get up to it, you don't realise how mm. big it is. You know, yeah. and I've not been in it yet, but you know, it's. Uh, I would never go to. Yeah. Uh, I'd never go to Anfield. You know, yeah. when Everton played, because I just can't handle the nerves. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story just quickly. When Walter was there, and. Um, and he said to me, uh, we, it was actually, I think, uh, it might still be the last win we had there when Kevin Campbell Kevin. scored after six minutes. 99. Yeah, and, and I didn't go because I said, oh, I can't, I can't. Walter went, you don't go? I said, no, I, I, can't, I can't stand, you know, being beat there, you know, I just mm. can't. And he said, OK, so, um, so we went there and uh, I had to go and pick him up. He wanted him and, Walter were going, uh, him and Archie were going off somewhere and he wanted me to pick them up after the game. And I had to go after the game. I've never been so happy to go into Anfield. <laughs> but I didn't go through the 90 minutes, you know, yeah. which is like every other Evertonian had, you know, waiting for the, waiting for the equaliser. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, it was... Or waiting for the final whistle. Yeah, yeah. exactly, you know. And, and, you know, and I didn't go and uh, I, I don't go over there, as I say. I, I'm more than happy to go, you know, when, when Everton are playing, you know, because... Yeah. You know, it, it, as much as anyone has a goal, and we all we all have the banter. But it's a great club as well, and you know, but but um, you know what, what they've done, they, they, they've done well. But I remember the story, at, you know, at the time with Hicks and Gillette, and it was all about the stadium. We remember the, the famous stadium the ground, and and I know how damaging it can be. And Everton have seen it over the years. How damaging it can be. I, I mean, I left just as they announced the King's Dock uh, project. You know, I left just after yeah. that. Mm. Um, and yeah, I remember the 
the, the, the excitement around the place, you know. There's that image which sadly has been haunting since it has, it, yeah, how that, it would have looked on the yeah, water. And that's what I'm saying. That's what it does to you, you know, and, and that's the pressure again in football. Yeah. You know, the pressure is huge, yeah. you know. But Everton have to find that stadium and they have to get to a new stadium because it's everything to them, you know. It really is. I guess, I suppose I don't have to ask, but I guess you're thinking it's more the waterfront than Stonebridge Cross, or, or are you open Me to Me personally, yeah. uh, I'd love to be on the waterfront, yeah. you know, because it says Liverpool, doesn't it, you know, as a city, you know, and, and you know, it, I don't know, it's just, it's iconic. Banks of Royal Blue Rings yeah, and all that. Yeah, it's iconic, yeah. and I think, and I, when I've been to stadiums, there's something about stadiums by the sea, you know, or by, mm. you know, mm. I don't know what it is, you know, I think of the riverside, which is, I know it's not the sea, but it's, there's something about being near water, I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah, you know, and you just see it and you just think, I don't know, there's something quite nice about it as opposed to being just in land. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, some of the names, some of the places I've heard, funny enough, I remember years ago when they talked about Crompton Colliery, you know, that was mentioned yeah. in a place on the M62 round about that. that was good. That's actually just being redeveloped now, right. you know, <laughs> for property and things. And, and, uh, and I laughed to myself... You know, when I saw the diggers in there, I thought, my God, I remember how we thought that was going to be, because it was one that was looked at at the time when yeah. Peter Johnson was there, you know. And, uh, there's so much. I, I feel so sorry, Tony, because I, <laughs> I feel like I've hogged this and no, I didn't want to do it, you know. And, no. you know, and, and uh, there's so much about Everton that I could, you know, talk about, you know. You know, I was talking to uh, David Weir the other day. I was keeping touch with David yeah. Weir. You know, he's a great, he's one of my... I've only ever actually been friends with maybe proper friends, you know, yeah. with a few players, maybe two, three, maybe three. One of them is, I won't mention the other two, but one of them is, uh, is David Weir, and, and he's a proper friend, you know. Alan, there must be one funny Gaza story, surely, that you got on your locker. Oh, there's hundreds. How many do you want? <laughs> was, my, was, my, was Mike Hunt not good enough? <laughs> I said Michael Hunt not good enough yeah. for you. Oh, but believe me, that, that wasn't the best, you know. What you know when he lived in the... When he was living in the Redbourne, formerly the Redbourne yeah. and the Crying Tree and so on, all those stories, I fear most of them were probably true, about oh, the pizzas and the bringing fellas into a bevy with them. The, uh, I went, I used to, I'll tell you a story about him one night. Uh, Walter said to me, you know, go, go, on, go on, keep an eye on him, because he knew I lived around, the, I lived in the Hillwood village, you see. So keep an eye on him, so I said, OK. So this one night I rang up, I said, Paul, he said, but Walter said, but never let him know where you live. So I said, <laughs> never tell him where you live. I said, OK. So uh, I've made the mistake of taking him to my house one oh, night. Famous you know, last words. Yeah. To uh, you know, to watch him. Anyway, a few months later, there he was trying to break into my house. You know, because <laughs> he'd come home and not couldn't get into his thing. But but the, one of the funniest things um, that ever happened was when I was in the job and I got this phone call. Sat in my office and this phone call. This lady's voice came on. She said, "I want to make a complaint about one of your players." I said, I'm thinking, I know who this is. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only other complaints that were made was about him, you know. And uh, always nice ones, you know. And she said, I said, right, she said, I've just driven through Walton Village. <laughs> oh, definitely him. And he, she said, and one of your players, I believe his name is Paul Gascoigne, she said, has pulled the window down and knocked the young boy off his bike. You know, oh, he's thrown something at him and knocked him off his bike. So I said, oh, you know, Paul's many things, but he's not someone who would, you know. So I rang him up, I said, put, he said, I knew this would happen, Myers, I knew it. And he started <laughs> ranting on the phone. I said, well, what's happened? He said, well, he was shouting at me, memes, you know, Gaza, this and Gaza. He said, and he said to me, give us some sweets, Gaza. He said, so I had a bag of jelly beans in my car. 
And I threw them at him, and I hit him, and he's gone off his bike. So I said, right. so I said, okay, leave it with me, Paul. You know, and then uh, we, um, we, you know, I rung the lady back and I said, actually, was the, the, the child was asking for some sweets, you know. And I said, and Paul threw them by accident. He's knocked him off his bike. And I'm not so sure it was by accident, but anyway. And she said, oh, I'm awfully sorry. She said, I'm really sorry. Would you apologise to Paul for me? I said, yeah, no problem. And it was all gone away. You know? uh, and then. Another time when I got him on Question of Sport, um, they were delighted to have him on Question yeah, of Sport. Yeah, as you could imagine. He yeah, just yeah. never said yes. But I said to him, Paul, you know, please, you know, come on. And so he said, because oh, the producer was a friend of mine from, from Merseyside days. So uh, we got him on, and they paid him, I won't say how much it was, you know, because it's not fair, but they paid him to do it. And he got, yeah. a bit, he got double what most people used to get on there. So they sent me the cheque, because everything was care of, yeah. you know, Alan Myers. So... So I got this cheque, and we were on a train going somewhere. I must have been going to a match or something. I can't remember, but I was on a train with him. And uh, I had the cheque, and I took it out of my pocket. So, by the way, Paul, here's your, the money for the, you know, for your appearing on Question of Sport. He says, oh, you have that, Myers. So I said, no, Paul, you have it. I said, it's not my money, you know, because I never do anything. I yeah. never, because, you know, you, you've got to stay professional in your job, you know, and, and so many people don't and haven't down the years, but I did. And I said, no, no, Paul, it's your money. You know, you did the thing. I, it wasn't Alan Myers on Christmas board, it was Paul Gascoigne. And he said, Myers, have it. He said, or I'll eat it. So I said, <laughs> Paul, I said, just take the cheque, you know, and stop messing about. I said, you know, because he just missed me. And he, I swear to God, he scrambled it up and ate it <laughs> in front of me. A thousand, oh, I knew he said it. <laughs> a cheque for a that certain money. Amount of money. <laughs> a certain amount of money. A cheque for a certain amount of money. Gone. Just ate it. I just put my head down on the table on the chair. I said, you're not job. <laughs> so you went to phone the BBC and said, you know that cheque you said, I need another one. But some of the, uh, I think he's actually sent it again too, but some of the, um, some of the, those stories are fantastic, but the, 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 the thing with Paul is the ones that stick in my mind are the sad times yeah. mm-hmm. when I've seen him in, in, since, you know, not, not ever. I mean, he had a few moments at Everton, to be fair. And I think Bill Kenwright takes massive credit as well at the time, you know, because Bill... Did a lot for Paul, and and uh, and and it's since you know, and I've been in really really low moments with him, you know, and and like when you know went down to the, his place where he lives in Bournemouth, and we went to the Providence um, uh, therapy thing, you know, place, and I never I remember sitting there, and all the other alcoholics and the other um, addicts, you know, if you like, came back from the go for this afternoon walk, you know. And there was this guy, and Paul was giving advice to them about how to deal with the addictions, you know, which is not, you know, not the man you want, really, to be <laughs> fair. But, but he was giving advice to them, and he was tapping it. And I, I just had this moment where I sort of stepped out of it, and I was watching well, it, yeah. you know, and I thought, this guy was bigger than Beckham. You yeah, know, this yeah, guy is an icon of well, English football. Feet, yeah. yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. And he, on top of that, he's an absolute gentleman, you know, in many ways, you know, and I just thought, how sad is it that mm. it's come to this point? And you, you do, it's very easy to say football's let him down, but someone who, from someone who has helped Paul a lot, and I don't mean that in a big headed way, far from it, you know, but someone who's been there, you can't blame anyone else, you know, mm. you can't, you know, Paul will know that and he'll say that, you know, listen, he's had pressures, but it's a man who, who, who was just a footballer. Basic and simple, you know. Going back to that time when he mm-hmm. was crying because he'd won, you know, you know, that's all he is. That's all he wants to do. If you if you could put him out, I remember going to see him playing at Berwick Rangers 
for he was I don't know whether he was on loan to them or no not on loan he was sort of um, training training them, like, or yeah. he was doing something and the whistle blew and he went straight in this fella and put him right up in the air you know but it was his it was his energy of wanting to play oh, again yeah. and he never killed this lad it was like back to the Nottingham Forest Tottenham semi-final you know and I thought do you never learn you know (laughs) and he got sent off it was like 30 seconds into the game I'm thinking what trying to make an impression and that's it that was him another time when we had a a load of kids down um, disabled kids down to the uh, training ground to watch we had a special day you know uh, because it it was difficult in normal days to have a lot of wheelchairs and things but we we had them all down there and every player come over and he'd sign autographs and, and then Paul I'm watching, you know, and Paul took his top off and signed it and gave it to a little kid. So the kid next to him was like, oh, you know, I, I want one. I want. So he took his next top off. So he had nothing on his top then, you know, because they have to, to, yeah. to sweat the arm and the other. Yeah. So, he took, so he signed that. And he looked at the next kid and thought, oh, no. So he took his boots off and he signed them and gave them to his kids. And then he took his socks off. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> where is this going, you know? So then... He took his shorts off, you know, and luckily he had the little <laughs> jockey things on, you know. And I said, that's enough, Paul, you know, because honestly, the kids were all laughing their heads off, you know, it was just <laughs> hilarious. And that, but that was him, he's just such a lovely guy, yeah. and, you know, when he left, uh, when I left, he was really good to me, you know, and uh, he kept ringing me up, and, you know, you, you, you just pinch yourself and think, Paul Gasson was ringing me up yeah, and yeah. asking me how, how I am, you know, and, and like, he said to me, "Come down with Sky." And he said, "Come down. I'm going to do. I'm going, going to buy a wig, a Ginola wig. <laughs> Nobody ever saw it. This is a classic." Yeah. And he it? said, "He said I'm going to run out with the. You know." So I said to Walter, "Walter, he's doing something about Ginola." He said, "I said, do you mind if I bring the camera?" I said, "No, no, bring it on." And we got it for Sky. You know. And next minute, he just runs out. And he's got this long grey hair down his back. And the lads, if you see Duncan Ferguson's face on the day, it was hilarious. Ginola was not impressed. You know, at all. <laughs> not impressed at all. And. Uh, but it was just so funny, you know. <laughs> Just—he is the funniest man ever I've ever met, yeah. Paul. You know, and the saddest man I've ever met. You know, um, but but there's so many of them. You know, Sharpie and you know, Reedy and all these people. That, yeah. that obviously, I wasn't there when they played, but but since you know, it's such a you know, I went to Andy King's funeral not long ago. Yeah. You know, and you it's saw been too many lately, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. has, and, and it's a horrible thing. And you know, I went to Howard's and. Obviously, there was a link with, with Blackburn as well, and, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it was appropriate, you know. And but now it's 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 great place and a great club. Yeah. But, When's the book out, Al? Well, <laughs> believe me, that is scratch the surface. It, it scratches the surface, you know. And I don't know whether I'd ever write a book, to be honest, because I, I'm not that type, if you know what I mean. But I would love to go and talk to people about the times, you know, because there's so many, mm. you know, little things which all right might not might not seem interesting to most people but to Evertonians Evertonians want to know I've looked into many Evertonians eyes and yeah. and they want to know yeah. Yeah. They, they can never be tired of no. knowing about what happens at their club you know yeah. um, so no thanks very much for your time I only hope you've all enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed listening to Alan and um, I'm sure we'll hear more from him and I want to apologise for hogging the, uh, the whole <laughs> Tony's come all the way from wherever he's come from he hasn't had a word in, I think regular listeners will say that's a good to end, in fairness, I'd like to know what the, the, the fans think of the what's happening now. Yeah. From what I speak to the fans on, on the street after the whistle... He, the, Tony goes and does the fan cam after the game. Oh, he goes, right, oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're looking forward to the future. They, 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 they've never had it so good when it comes to the ownership and the manager. When you think about it, this, this is a football club that hasn't won a trophy for 20-odd years. 
and you've always looked up to your Liverpools and your Chelsea's and your Manchester City's we've just talked about. So this is the time where there's no excuse. We've got a manager that we couldn't even dream of. And now we've got a billionaire owner, so there's no more excuses now at the football club. No. So obviously they're really optimistic and hopefully this generational fans have got something to shout about for the change. I've got a picture, you know, which um, when I was at Everton with Roberto, you know, um, that this guy sent to me. And, and I think I've got it on here. I was looking at it the other day and let me just show you this. I mean, and this, this guy sent me this picture and it, it really made me feel good. Uh, I know it's not good for podcasts, uh, yeah. pictures, but I'll show you, lads, and, and you can... We'll describe it. Yeah, you yeah we'll it. describe it. This is great radio, isn't it? Um, <laughs> do you know what? I don't know where it is, actually. Maybe I haven't got it. But um, but it, it just summed up Everton. Here it is. Uh, where is it now? Yeah. And this guy wrote to me, sent a tweet, I think, and it said, do you know, Alan, he said, I've just... It was the Aston Villa game. If you remember rightly, they battered us, actually, but we won... 2-0 I think or 1-0 2-1 maybe I don't know in that first in October of the first yeah and, and yeah, I think Kone had, had an absolute sitter oh I remember and he hit the bar or yeah something, yeah you know, no, and it was literally two made yards it, yeah, yeah would have made it 3-1 I think yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. would have rested a bit easier yeah, you yeah. know but um, and this guy said I've just been back he said and uh, we haven't it's the first time we've been back to the match with me dad he said and we've had such a great dad and lad day he said um We've really loved the atmosphere. We were in the fan zone before, and you know, and it made me think, well, you know, this is this is happening. This, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. and that was the picture it sent. And I just think it's such a great picture, isn't it? Of of like, yeah, it just sums up like yeah. going to your going. The, yeah. He said it's been years. He said it's been like fifteen years since I've been with me dad. <laughs> he said we've had such a great day. I just want to show you the picture mm. and just the look on their faces. Tells you everything. That's an Everton win. You know, yeah, yeah. and those things, that, and and it might come across as a little bit. You know, sort of, you know, cheesy and whatever, you know. But it, it just to me, it, it's what it's all about. Definitely, you know. yeah, definitely. Let's look so forward to more of those smiles in the, as yeah. the season winds on. Thanks again for coming on, mate. No problem, Greg. Absolutely, pleasure. Really enjoyed it.